Hello, one and all, and welcome to the podcast we call the Fantastical with myself, Steve Nussbaum. In the podcast, I invite my guests to come on and talk to me all about their musical tastes, their memories, their experiences, and they get to collect their fantasy festivals, which I have christened Fantastivals. We are now on number 145. It's quite unbelievable where this podcast continues to tread and where it continues to go. I must say to everyone, happy November. We're almost at the back end now of 2023. Hope everyone is well as they're listening to this. I've got a few shout outs before we get cracking. It was lovely to see Paul Hammond recently as he reached 600 days of sobriety. So Paul, a very close friend, a guest on this very podcast, which has had a big influence on his life. So well done, Paul, on your sobriety and a massive congratulations to you. And I just want to say, there's been a lot of um, lovely words about the podcast in the last fortnight from a tweet that started with the Shits and Giggles Girls, which I always appreciate. So if you did tweet, and if you do tweet every week, it doesn't go unnoticed. So thank you so much for that. It always means a hell of a lot when um, people commenting on the podcast and showing their love for it. That means a whole lot uh, to me. Uh, so thank you to that one. And also a massive thank you to John Brandon and Ted from the Hyatt. They were my last guests on the chaotic episode, 144th episode. A great young band. Go and check them out if you haven't done so already. And if you've not listened to their podcast, it's 35 minutes of greatness, if I do say so myself, with probably the most eclectic fancy festival lineup to date on the podcast. So that was 144. We are now on 145. And this week, I'm delighted to be joined by this gentleman. He writes with Bandhub. He's the host of his own show on Jack's Radio. He's an awesome human being, one of the biggest drivers of the Fantastical Podcast. It's Scott Ignore. Scott, welcome to the Fantastical Podcast. Good evening, mate. Yeah, you, you can keep all the adulation going if you want. You don't have to stop, mate. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll just leave. I can sit 45 minutes of this. We yeah, no, that, thanks for having me on, mate. Mate, pleasure to have you on. I'm glad we finally got it sorted in the calendar. So, as you probably know, we're going to talk all about your musical taste, your memories, and do your fantasy festival lineup that I'm looking very forward to you telling us all about. Yep. But before we do, I always like to check in with my guests from a mental health perspective. Really, really important to do so. So, Scott, mate, how are you? Um, yeah, I'd say as it stands at the moment, yeah, I'm in a pretty good place. It's been a, I won't touch on that. I might touch on that a little bit after. But yeah, it's been a bit of a rocky road the last 18 months for me and the wife. Uh, illness and etc. Yeah, but as it stands at the moment, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm doing good. Doing good. How are you? All good. All good. Likewise, I think everyone is kind of struggles as the nights get a bit darker. Everyone has their own challenges. But as we um, record this, yeah, work is hectic as ever. But everything else is going well and so is work, to be fair. So no complaints from me, Scott. So I always like to get my guests, if they're not kind of that established, I guess, in the musical world, which um, mm-hmm. probably not, to tell us a bit about themselves, about their interests, a bit more to learn a bit more about the person. So, Scott, mate, tell us a bit more about yourself, who is the legend that is Scott Egner? Well, this whole thing, right? This is the part, right? That, that I've been dreading. <laughs> I mean, unless you're like, you know, like some big into a Hollywood star, right? Nobody likes talking about themselves. So, you know, like when you go for a job interview, and like, so, Mr. Bloody Blood, tell us about yourself. Be like, you fucking CVs, right? In front of you. <laughs> all you need to know is there. You know, so it's, but yeah, obviously, um, yeah, obviously, well, Scott, what everybody knows me as Chippy. That's my uh, my the old tag name on the old Twitter. I can't I can't call it X. It's just weird, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Twitter, Twitter to X. I mean, yeah, I, I, you can't trust a guy. You know, he's just named his son name after his son. Some math algorithm, isn't it? Have you ever seen it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's something like X Y A V plus dot. 
honestly, I mean, honestly I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. It, it, it is, it's like some weird maths equation. But yeah, anyway, so that's enough for me. Long he's a bit of a knob, really, isn't he? But yeah, I'm, uh, I say everybody else is Chippy. Um, living in Blackpool, uh, married to the lovely wife, Kay, with a dog, little cockapoo called Dave. He's a, he's a nutter, but he's, oh, he's ace. Um, yeah, I like, uh, yeah, I say, obviously, I, I love my music. Uh, big sports fan, football, like yourself. Although, uh, yeah, I think we're about on a level par at the moment, teams-wise, aren't we? I don't think there's that much between the Orient and the Bill at the moment. I'm presuming you're a, a Blackpool fan. Yes, yes. I thought, yeah, I, you know, I was waffling away. I'm like, yeah, you, I'm, you should know already. You, yeah. you see me, is there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Big Blackpool fan, mate, for my, uh, for my sins, which there are very, very many. You touched upon Twitter. Where did uh, yep. the name Chippy T come from? What's that? What's that about? Ah, well, yeah, yeah, Chippy T, that's uh, it's from a band, um, they're like a local folk uh, comedy band. I say local, they're, they're a Lancashire band, they're called the Lancashire Hotbots. Yeah, yeah, you look at him, you're like, who? <laughs> yeah, honestly, check, check him out, like, so Chippy T, he's a, he's a big hit, he used to play every Friday afternoon, on, I think it was a Radio Lancashire, they, they would play this song every Friday afternoon, and it's like, being in Lancashire, it's the law of the Friday, you're going to have a Chippy T. So that's, that's that, that was their big song. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, to, to my wife's um, total dismay, <laughs> she she hates them. But I think secretly, I she, she likes them a little bit. Um, yeah, but I, I, I love them. They, they just they, they take all the like um, popular um, kind, of, kind of pop songs, if you will. But they put like put their own um, what, what's what's the word I'm looking like for? Just spin, like, like, no, like that. Their own spin on them, they put their own words and they turn it into some really jokey folk song. Uh, but they, honestly, they're one of the best nights out, right? You'll have if you haven't seen them, mate, go check them out. They're right down, ever down your neck of the woods, they are fabulous. So, anyway, yeah, that's Chippy T. Sounds, like sounds like a plan. And I guess Twitter has been quite a, a, a good source for you. You're quite vocal on Twitter with music recommendations. You seem like quite a big, a big uh, voice in the Twitter community. Yeah, they, it's, um, this new music scene is just. No, but anybody that says like there's no new music out there, new music is dead, and I hear like quite a lot, and it's just like what what are you talking about? You know, like it's like at our local venue that myself and my wife do. We used to go quite a lot, like, literally every other weekend. We you know we, we can go and watch like three bands for a tenner. It, it, it it's ridiculous. You know, you get and you get all these big artists. Yeah, okay, I still go and watch some of my. Like the more established artist, if you will. But yeah, my, my definitely my passion at the moment is the, uh, the the new music scene. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. There's so much good stuff out there, you know. And there's so many bands that, that aren't on the sign. Can you see? It, yeah, it, it, it just baffles my head. It, it really does. How you have some of these bands, you see them, and you know, like, I know times are hard and etc. And like they're muddy time for people. And but if you, if you can, right, go and support your local venue. It's Cheapest chips, a couple of pints. Right, you can go and watch three bands and have a cracking night. We went and watched Apollo Junction at the weekend, uh, supported by the Beavers and Kiwi. I think I think it was like twelve pound. I think we paid. Might have been fifteen. Uh, push. I, I, I can't remember the wife bought the tickets. But you know, I mean, uh, Apollo Junction. I, I'd have paid that money on the road because they're, they're a phenomenal live band. But then you, you know, like you throw in two great support acts, it's it's a, it's a no brainer. Yeah, I must say a massive congratulations to Apollo Junction in reaching uh, their aim of getting yeah. a top 75 album. I think it came in at 68, uh, 68. in the charts. Unbelievable. You know, it's amazing. You know, like, like, sorry, you know, like, but unsigned band, they say like they do everything out of their own shed. 
yes, they've got a, they've got like a you know, a decent team behind them. But the work that they put in these last few weeks, pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. I know that's what what you've got to do, you know. But you see a lot lot of I see a few artists on there. The, the winds and the moaning about you know like ticket sales or but you've got to put the work in. Uh, from, from my perspective, you, you, you go, you're not putting the work in. You can't expect people to buy. You know, have the hard-earned money, 20, 25 quid for an album, right? We've only posted about it once, like six months ago. You know, put the work in, right? And, and they'll be rewarded. It's a polar junction of just proven. So it's pretty evident from talking to you how much music means to you. So I guess let's go back to your early days in, Scott. Ooh. Tell us about... What do you remember about <laughs> Just re-jogging the old memory now. <laughs> what do you remember about your early... What do you remember about your early music memories? Um, to be honest, growing up as a, as a young whippersnapper... There wasn't really that much music around me. I, I know my mum, bless her, uh, but God, she had a shit taste in music. Well, I, I, I thought so then as a young kid. And she was playing like um, Leo Sayer, uh, Dr. Hook, Hot Chocolate. Oh, don't get me started on Hot Chocolate. Anybody that mentions Errol Brown to me, right, I'll, I'll kill him. And the, the amount of times I've had to listen to Errol Brown as a kid. Oh, mate. But, you know, mentioning to me, mum, we, we laugh and joke about it with my mum now because... Uh, so as you mentioned, like hot chocolate, where right? she'll always go to. Well, I remember when I was at a concert, there was something like about ten thousand people there or something. And she says, um, he started singing. Um, what was his song? Oh, he started with a kiss. And she said, just as he was singing, it looked to me and winked. Like, yeah, all right, mum. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you. Know, I'll, I'll, I'll let her have a little moment with that. But yeah, so yeah, there wasn't that much music. And, yeah, my stepdad came aboard. He was a bit of a knobhead. We had a half decent taste in music. There, again, right, as a young kid, I didn't really. I just wanted to be out on the field playing football with my mates and you know, climbing trees and you know, I've just been a little tear away on the council estate where I was from. But yeah, but he, he was obsessed with uh, Dire Straits and he played the album, is it uh, the Money for Nothing album, was it called? Uh, it, what, what, Brothers in Arms, I think that one was. Brothers in Arms, Brothers in Arms, yeah. I, yeah I, I, this is why I say I wrote an half, half this stuff down, right? Because they're like, right, who the fucking hell was that again? Like, yeah, so that's why, yeah, Brothers, Brothers in Arms. Yeah, so he, he played that quite a lot. But it wasn't really until uh, I went to high school. There was a young kid moved down the street from us. He was uh, he'd only been on the estate for a couple of months. Didn't really have many friends. But he joined uh, my class in school. We became really, really good friends with him. He used to hang out quite a lot. Go back to his house after school that week. And he's, he had a brother. He's about five years older than him. And one night he was, he was playing this, uh, I can't remember, it was a cassette or a vinyl. I can't remember. Probably more likely a cassette. I was like, oh, what, what's that in the background? He was like, oh, I don't know, I won't ask him. So he went and asked him about it. They're like, oh, well, like, older brothers were young brothers. Get out of me, fucking room. He's like, I mean, just listen to what you're listening to. So, so he was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. tell him it's uh, madness one step beyond. And I was like, oh, so that, that was like my first real, you know, something. Else. Yeah, because I've never had any interest in music before. And all of a sudden, I've heard this like, big booming it was like jazz at the beginning, going one step beyond, give it all out. I'm like, whoa, what is this? And, like, and it just, my head just went, exploded. I was like, yeah, so that was that was the, the main start. And Scar, two-tone, right, was literally all I listened to for about five years. I, I wouldn't listen to anything else. Much to the noise of my brothers, <laughs> especially particularly my, my younger brother, right, big Prince fan. He played Purple Rain all the time. Uh, it was got to be... The two, I've got two younger brothers, so my two younger brothers were in one bedroom. 
I was in the other one. Now, Simon, let's be hungry, he'd be playing whacking out Prince, Purple Rain. I'm like, yeah, you can fuck off. He down was a one step beyond. <laughs> like, all those in here, it was my mum going, that'd be one of me, turn that funny for It was like a massive rave going on upstairs in the house. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, great, great, great days. And I guess madness is a, you, you, from madness, right? You can go into a, a world of total oh, yeah. back end of records, right? That you would never have found without madness. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, what was that? I was, I was just, I was back. Sorry, I was back in the day. Then in my bedroom, backing out one step beyond. Whilst my brother's banging on the wall. I was, I was saying, madness must lead you to a, a whole different world of music as well. Oh uh, yeah, it was uh, again uh, uh, at the time because uh, this, this the, guy, the young lad who I made friends with, his um, dad owned a record shop. You know, like with all the old vinyls, and he was really, really into his into his reggae. Like you know, like all the old like Jamaican ska. You know, like a Jimmy Cliff, Desmond Decker, all that. So at the time, he was like, said, oh, you know, I really like these. I'm like, no, oh, mate, I want to jump around to baggy trousers. I'm, I, don't, I don't want all this. <laughs> it, was, it was a little, you know, I, was, I was a young kid. I'm like, I was at school. I was doing like the old baggy trousers routine and pissing the head <laughs> teachers off and everything. But yeah, so and then obviously the specials. The specials were a huge part of my teenage life, which I'll, I've touched more a lot. I, I, I shouldn't really mention it because that's one of my bloody thingies after I wrote that down. Do not mention them. And, and I've done that. So that's what. So you know one of them already. So that's <laughs> it's, yeah. And then uh, obviously at the beat, uh, body snatchers, the selector. Yeah, I, I was into all of it. In, into all of it. Most of the very annoyance to my uh, my mother because I <laughs> went to went up uh, well, I don't know about yourself, but as, as a young kid, we used to go to the uh, the hairdressers around the corner from where we lived. I mean, mum would always give us a note. I'd give the hairdresser, so it'd be like a number two back and sides, or you know, like short back in wherever it used to be. So I went, went with my mate, and we were just, right, I won't mention that other bit, but we, anyway, we were doing something that weekend. So I'm going to have a day to get skinhead with tram lines. Like, my mum will fucking kill me if I get one of them. <laughs> like, go on, now. we're going to this such and such thing this weekend. So go on, so I'm having it done. So my mum's going to kill me. So we'll, we'll both get bollocked together. Yes, so, so yeah, we did. And obviously, right, you can see me on the screen. I've not got the smallest of ears. I look like the bloody FA Cup when I come out. I mean, <laughs> one went up the wall. <laughs> absolutely mental. I got bloody, um, yes, I, what, what's the word? When you get, um, they don't let you out for a month. Oh, grounded. Like, well, grounded. Grounded, that, that's the word. Grounded, yeah, I got, I got grounded for, for a month. Wait, didn't work though, because I snuck out the weekend without knowing. But obviously, <laughs> she, she, found the, she found that arm a little bit later on when she went to bring up my uh, hot chocolate for tea. And in, in terms of, I guess, your musical tastes over the years, how's it evolved in? I guess you've spoken about kind of finding madness and scar. Oh, how's yeah. it evolved? M- yeah, massively, massively evolved. So you can go like from, I say, I was big on the, the scar scene. There was a particular band which uh, I wrote this one. There. Do not mention them because they are what that, them are biggies. So I'm not mentioning them, but yeah, there was another particular band that I say I'm, I've always listened to was Scar and Tito. That was my, that was my bag, if you want, if you want to call it. Yeah, so then this other band came across and it just ho- opened up this whole new world. I was like, wow, there's more music out there. What's going on? I thought we were just all scarring two-tone. Yeah, you know, we, we listened to the charts a little bit as, bit as kids. You know, they'd have your little tape recorder by the radio. You'd have your cassettes where they, you know, like to press record and stop until you did catch the DJ playing. But yeah, I, did, I didn't really listen to it. A lot of my older friends, they were all, uh, you know, like big into the, uh, you know, like the new wave, you know, like Duran Duran. Uh, Spandau Valley, Depeche Mode, all, all that. Well, I don't mind Depeche Mode, actually, to be fair. But, yeah, I wasn't speaking to them. Yeah, but so from Gar, I went on to this 
all the bandwidth should not be mentioned yet. And I, it, strangely, I went like straight into like the um, the house music scenes. It, it was a massive jump straight into, like that. I found this through uh, going to football as a young kid. Uh, used to knock around with these gentlemen of a certain reputation. Let's say we didn't, we didn't know at the time we were young lads. We were going right. Well, we can get we can get to the pub with these lads. Now we used to go to the pub with them. And then as time progressed, we kind of found out what they were about a little bit. We were like, yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We can go for a pint and leave. Let me go and have the, the fight somewhere. And, um, yeah, that, the, yeah, they introduced us to the um, the, the, the club scene. That's uh, so obviously like the house, uh, particularly Chicago house, which was just starting, just getting going like in the early 80s in the UK. And I discovered an artist called Frankie Knuckles. He was like one of the... the major pioneers of uh, Chicago House. And again, as soon as I heard that, a friend that he had it on, um, it's called White Label Vinyls, and that was all like the big um, house records at the time were all, a lot of them were White Label. And I heard that, and I was just like, again, my mind was just blown away. So yes, got into that scene. Obviously then the house scene went into the rave scene. I spent a few years, let's just say they were very, very hazy. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, but, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But, but everybody knows what ravers were doing in those days. I mean, it's, I tell you what, if, if I had the chance, I'd do it all again. People say, well, would you do it again, though? Would you risk doing all that and taking the drugs? And I'm like, yeah, bloody hell I would, because I, I, I enjoy it. It made, like, a whole new circle of the fact that the rave scene, that took me in, in another direction of music. Because, obviously, but like, the, what's the word? You know, like the, the Manchester indie scene. Yeah. Which I had a couple of guys from New Order. You know, they went on to uh, co-owned Hacienda, which again spawned another huge, as well as the indie scene, it was like the indie rave dance scene, like, like the, the the prodigy, 808 State, um, a guy called Gerald. So it, it was just another massive avenue opened up to me, and it was just yeah, just loved life for a while. Even though we know he got a little bit got a bit naughty towards the end. I mean, my daughter was was born in '93. And I was like, I was literally, I was working all week, go out to the, to the go out to a rave on a Friday night, go home, maybe have an hour's kip if we were lucky, go to the pub for 11 o'clock to Bucky's, go to the match, club on a Saturday night, play football on the Sunday morning, Sunday league, and that was it, that, that was my weekends. And I was doing that for about four or five years. I mean, I'm still alive, it's unreal. <laughs> I must be like, the way I'm talking, I'm, I don't think I've stopped talking about that. I'm, I'm not amazing now, honestly. This was either we got <laughs> But yeah, yeah, mad, mad, happy days. And then But yeah, like, like sorry, like I say, yeah, my, my daughter was born in ninety three and I was like, Yeah, I've got I've got to calm this shit down now. It was a, yeah, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to her. I should make me my daughter was born because I was getting like probably that last last year. I'm 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 you know, I'm not ashamed to say this. You know, I, I got addicted to certain uh pills on, on the rave scene. Well, not so much addicted, but obviously I was doing like Pills all weekend, like raving, going back to work on the Monday morning. I needed something to give me a little bit, bit of a jail. So I, I'd have a little, I'd have a little bit of speed. And that speed, I'd have to have a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And I'm like, yeah, this, this, this is not good. I say to them, Mrs. At the time, the ex, she was like, yeah, I'm a pregnant. I'm like, oh fuck, I'm gonna start growing up now. But say again, they, you know, I, I say, oh, well, it was probably at the time like one of the best things because who knows where, where it could have led to, mm. you know. So yeah. That was me. I was a bit of a knobhead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to say you're not a knobhead anymore. You're here on the podcast giving a great kind of summary of your yeah. musical youth and kind of where you're at. So 
as well as being on Twitter, you're quite um, into new music and writing and having your own show. So I guess let's start with the writing then. So you do write or have written for, for <coughs> Bandhub, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Ash is the guy that uh, runs us. Absolutely. He's a di- absolute diamond fella. He's probably one of the first people that I kind of in- interacted with on Twitter, music-wise. We, you know, we, we speak quite a bit. And If I remember rightly, I think he tried to... Um, do something similar quite early on but for whatever reason it didn't take off um he went on to do i think he tried to do something like gaming programming or something he's a bit of a computer waste i mean i'm tech savvy mate i'm i just about to turn the telly on <laughs> terrible I'm awful with with anything uh tech by but so yeah i mean he he tried it again and it's it's been an absolute roaring success and he just messaged me out of the blue and he says um how do you fancy coming out writing for us i'm like Right, so I'm not, I've not done any writing since I was at bloody school. You know, it's not to do anything. He was like, well, you know, it's up to you to think about it. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, like what kind of things you want to do? So, no, you know, you, you, you know, like the odd review or you can interview bands and whatever. And I thought, yeah, why not? Like, give it a go. I mean, nothing to lose. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I, I gave it a go and I really, really enjoyed it. I thought I, it's tailed off uh, a little bit recently. Obviously, like mentally, it's, it's something that I, that I feel. If you're not in the right headspace, mm. you, you can't do it justice. Yeah. And I don't want to put crap out. And obviously, it's the bands or artists, you know, they, they've spent the time, you know, and trusting me, like with a piece of their work or, or, or an interview. And they read it and go, what's this shit? You know, I, 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 don't, I don't want to do that. I, I have to feel like I'm in a good place, you know, to, to do it proper justice. Yeah, I get that. Same with the podcast. The pod, like you've got to be in the right yeah. space to try and do a podcast. Otherwise, I think it, you'll be you'll get seen through by your by your guests. So as well as the writing, you have also uh, yeah. Do sorry, a bit... just just to go back onto the sorry, just to interrupt you on the <laughs> the, the, the band sub thing. I say Ash is the guy who who runs the side. As well as Ash, I've got to give a massive shout out to uh, two Daffs on Twitter. He's he joined a uh, couple of months ago doing reviews and if, if there's any bands or artists out there that are listening to this they want they want review doing like give daffs a, a shout because his reviews they are they're, they're, they're unreal they're absolutely brilliant really really good so yeah give daffs a shout on twitter what's his what's his twitter handle scott Where, what's his uh, 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 two daffs so it's two daffs Great shout! Great Twitter handle as well. Uh, to be yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> so this isn't your first dalliance into an audio recording, I'm led to believe, because uh, no. you, you do some work with Jack's Radio. Yeah, but did you speak? It's been a short-lived international DJ career. It, yeah, <laughs> again, it was a, it was a, it was another thing that um, you know, like, uh, came out of the out, out of the blue. A uh, guy called uh, Brimo on Twitter. He he, I think he co-owned it or he co-founded it. He, again, he just messaged me out of the blue one day. Said, "Oh uh, yeah, so I've, I've been." I think he, to be honest, I think he was stalking me for a little bit. I don't, well, he's too afraid to admit it. I think he fancies me. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, Brimo, if you are listening to this. Yeah, again, he messaged me. So yeah, he's like, yeah, I've seen some of your uh, your reviews that you've been doing. Be uh, constantly promoting uh, the new music scene. Be um, wanting to um, have, have a show from the new. Music scene, I asked, said, they're the fancy doing it. And again, I was like, well, I want not even where to start because like I say I'm not very tech savvy. So I said, yeah, so let, let, me, have a, let me have a think about it. Because um, it's, it, it, it's quite weird how it happened because my next door neighbour 
uh, Mark, he mentioned a couple of weeks beforehand if I fancy doing like a, a podcast with him about that music. It was like, yeah, yeah, okay, we can do it well. And then it, just, it was like a little light bulb thing that clicked in me. And I went, I ain't got a minute. So they said, that podcast. I said, and if I'd be asked to do like this indie show um, for Jack's radio. I said, uh, do you fancy like joining? He's got all like, the equipment to do. He's got like the, his computer set up and his laptops and got microphones because he's, he's in like a couple of bands. So he's got all like the recording. And he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. So yeah, that, that, that's how that started. I think, I think we did 10 shows. Really enjoyed it. I was absolutely loving it. But I, I, could, I could see from Mark, and I said, because he's in two bands, he works full time, um, and he's also just started writing for, <coughs> excuse me, bands for. So like it, it was getting like harder every the last couple yeah. of weeks like to get stuff from him and and, and to do things and but he's, he's the kind of guy who just doesn't like to let people down and he's like so I, so I've been mean I said well why don't you just tell me he said, just be honest so this no I, I don't mind I was I was pissed off because I bloody enjoyed doing it but you know I I, I couldn't understand the, where where it, where he was coming from so yeah so at, at the moment I was like the BBC come knocking on my door my my uh, my brief radio stint. As a as a host is over for a little while, but yeah, there, there is there has been a couple of things mentioned here and there. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. I'd love to get back on doing it. So if there's anybody desperate out there, that wants you know like a, a, an hour to villain, somebody talking shit for an hour, <laughs> play, play 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 some play some music. Yeah, yeah, give me a shout. Don't know how to do it yet. So that's the other thing. I bought myself a bloody brand new laptop right, to do it to do the to do the show to carry on me on. I thought right, yeah, I'll figure out to do it. Mark, I say, he gave me a couple of hinters out there. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. But the next thing, we get a message from, we got like this um, uh, group chat on Messenger, not Facebook, but for Jack's radio. Next thing, we got the glitch of the day after I bought this laptop. We got a message saying, yeah, look, it's look, that looks like by the end of the month, like, we're going to be shutting down. And I'm like, you fucking shit, me. So I've just spent 500 quid on a bloody laptop that I can't afford. <laughs> but, you know, so yeah, I've got a brand new laptop sat in my me, in, in me cupboard. Uh, doing nothing at the moment. <laughs> well, never say never, Scott. You never know what's around yeah. the corner. You never know what's around the corner. Um, yeah, what will be will be, mate. Absolutely. You've mentioned Apollo Junction, uh, and you've already mentioned your love of new music. Let me ask you at the moment: What are you listening to at the moment, Scott? What what's going on? What's what's catching your eye? So for Ooh. me, I've got uh, not necessarily new music, but Blink One Eight Two new album is making me smile and I'm enjoying that very much and I also went to see Glenn Hughes last week uh, from Deep Purple so I found myself listening to very early oh, okay, 70s yeah. Deep Purple and they had a support band from Canada called The Damn Truth which is a female fronted bluesy rock band who are fantastic so I'm enjoying that Scott what what are you enjoying at the moment? Well you just mentioned that but sorry I can't remember the name of the band that you just mentioned that the, the blues rock um, since Obviously, I've had the Heavy North have introduced me to like again, right? Yeah. new genre of music that I've never really listened to before. I've, I've listened to like a bit of bluesy in the past. So, yeah, I discovered a, a band called, uh, so I've had to write this down because I knew I'd forget who they're called. Uh, they're called Ghost Hound. And they're, uh, again, they're a blues rock band from, I think, from Pittsburgh, I think they're from. But yeah, again, very, very bluesy, very rocky. Not as in Rockies and the Boxer, but you know, very, yeah, that there, yeah. If, if you like your blues rock and you like the heavy north, uh, yeah, go and check them out. And then, well, some else. Oh, I've so much stuff at the moment. I'm listening. I say Apollo Junction, their new album, I'm absolutely obsessed with. I think it's just, it's one of those albums. And in fact, the, the, the whole music of Apollo Junction, it's like, you just can't help but smile. 
it's just happy vibes music. Regard, I mean, that they could be singing them out like running your cat over, and everybody would be like going, yay, dancing away. Because that, that, there's a kind of atmosphere that they bring. They're all on stage and all happy and smiling, and the way that they interact, interact you know, like with the crowd, like yeah. when Jamie comes out, and it, yeah, they're, they're brilliant. But yeah, I'm, I'm digressing a little bit now, aren't I? So yeah, the, the, as well as like the blues rock, I love like the, um, I think they call it blues, blues grass or sawgrass music or something. I'd say that's another thing that I did write. Obliated bluegrass. Yeah, it's like, um, have, have you seen Deliverance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, Over, yeah, over got, Where Art Thou as well. Yeah, well, yeah, like, I haven't watched it for years. I, I, I can't remember. It must have been, I, I'm going to say I picked up on something 10 years ago. And I was watching it and, yeah, and it was the, the dueling banjo yeah. scene. You know, they got the guy on the guitar and there's the, like the, the kid on the on the porch getting it like dun, 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 dun. I'm like oh this is cool and then the day after there was a, a program on about it was like the the they called him like the greatest I can't remember the guy's name but they called him like the greatest banjo player ever it was, it was something like ninety five this old dude some old American guy I mean it, the guy could barely walk you know he was proper proper old stick a banjo in his hand yeah. mate and it, it, I've never seen anything like it it, it was like he was twenty one again. It just the speed it was, and there was all the guys in the room like trying to keep up with him. And yeah, it, as well as like the best, apparently he was also like the fastest uh, banjo player in the world. So yeah, so I started looking into that. Well, that um, I want to call it banjo music, but it's not. It's like bluegrass hillbilly, and, and that's not being disrespectful to them because that's what yeah. some of them call their music. Absolutely. And it kind of like took me to a place like when I was a young kid. I remember like being at my nan and my granddad's. Excuse me, and they used to put on like the old westerns, and they'd be like, there'd be small old dude sat on the porch just playing like that with his banjo with his little guitar. And it, it just takes took me to a really, really happy place. You know, just simple times. But yeah, that, that I, I love all that stuff. There's a band called uh, Steven Siegel, which I think is, but as soon as I saw that name, I'm like, oh, I've got to check these out. And they're just bonkers. Just, yeah, I love all that. What, what else am I listening? Yes, so well, probably my album of the year at the moment is uh, Brown Bear. Demons again, it's just a 10 out of 10 album, fabulous. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on what mood I'm in, really. Yeah. I mean, when, when I eventually sit down and I do some music, I just like to have some nice, nice little bit of chilled music in the background, so I might have a bit of a sort of like massive attack, you know, just something that's a little got a bit, a little bit of a soul to it, but it's nice and nice and calm and gentle. But then, if I, if I fancy a bit of a have a bit of a system, system of a down or something on. I'm not, yeah, I'd say I'm, I'm not massively into you know, that particular genre of music, but there was something about it when I first saw that. I was like, wow, what is this? That's kind of like my kind of crazy music. I love, I love all that. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely music to get crazy to, system of a down. So, yeah. Scott, let me take you back then. Uh, you've obviously spoken about the impact of that madness song, hearing that for the first time. And uh, yeah. other bits and pieces, but do you remember the first record or single you bought, and where you bought those? I absolutely do, I'm, and I'm not going to be ashamed to say this one. Bear in mind, I was like, I must have been like four, four or five years old. <laughs> I remember being with my nan and my granddad. It was like, was it a car boot? He's like, you know, like one of these church hall sales. They told me now, they gave me twenty p to spend. I was like, whoa, twenty p. I'm four years old, I've got like this, yeah, I was buzzing. I remember going like, to this little store. It was like a little toy store. Right? And right next to it, there was like, um, just, just listen, just a box full of records. And uh, my granddad's going, what are you going here? No, what are you going for? You're not even going to play this. And you don't even know what music is. I'm like, I'm looking through it. I don't really care. And I came across this 
this album and it was Pinky and Perky's Greatest Hits. And I bought it for 15 pence. <laughs> and she gave me like a free, um, I can't remember, it's another free little toy I got with it. I was absolutely buzzing with it because I was obsessed with Pinky and Perky as a, as a kid. And the strange thing is, now I think it was for my 40th, 40th birthday, I think it was, my brothers, they found, because I, I lost that, that copy when I was there. Like, I, I probably smashed it when I was pissed up or something somewhere. I, I, I don't know. But yeah, my, my brothers found that, that very same album. They got wow. it for my birthday. I've still got it somewhere. I, I don't know where it is. I've never played it. But yeah, I've, I've still got it somewhere. So that was my first official one that I ever bought. It was Pinky and Perky's Greatest Hits. And there's stuff on like um, Cliff Richard, where it was Summer Holiday, and it was like, when I'm 69, and just, it, I mean, it was full of shit. It was awful bloody music where you think you're like two squeaking pigs singing it <laughs> that's what it was so yeah that was my first official bought record like i said on the podcast there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure we just have pleasures, yeah. so nothing to worry about without one so scott this podcast is all about you collecting your fantasy festival Are you a big fan of the festival have you been to many festivals uh, yeah I, again when i was a uh when i was a younger uh gentleman yeah i used i, I must admit i was a big fan of festival i love the whole uh, you know, the, the whole ethos of it, getting in the tent. I mean, I, I love camping. My, my, my wife, absolutely, she hates it. She's only ever been once and she, she, she'll never do it again. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love them going. Not, not so much now. I don't think I do. Uh, I'm getting a bit older, and I think all these young kids running around. I, I, I always said, like, when I was when I was a young kid, I used to listen to my granddad when we were going out, and my granddad would be like, look at bloody state at them with jeans up their arse and all this blah, blah. I'm like, I mean, I have a sound like my granddad when, I'm, when I go out. So like, that's time to call it a day. And I found myself at the last last festival I was at, I'm like, and to wipe it, them fucking kids, that was my daughter. <laughs> like, like that. I'd be whipping them all. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, maybe this, maybe festivals aren't for me anymore. But yeah, I mean, I've, did, I've done that kennel calling, yeah, quite quite a few times. But to be honest, a lot of them were like uh, dance festivals. Yeah. We sort of done cream fields multiple times. If I thought last time. Uh, went to a festival actually. It was, it was on our our tenth wedding anniversary. Thought it'd be a great idea, but it'd be something different. This was me and the wife went, my two brothers and their wives, and there was a couple of other couples came with us. Pissed it down all weekend. K hated it. I, I love it. Like I say I, I, I love the whole ethos. Stuck in a tent, wear the same undies and for four days. No deodorant, don't no washing. Just drink and enjoy the music. That's me. I, I, I love it. She's like, no, hate it. <laughs> but what, what, what I will say, and, and she'll, uh, she'll hate me for saying this, and she'll deny everything that I'm just about to tell you. So this is all on record now, wife, if you're listening. When we, when we went to Kendall Calling on, on the Sunday, I say was pissing it down. Um, and one of the, the mainstays, they, they call them they call the royalty of um, Kendall Calling, it's the Lancashire Hotbox, the one of the first artists that they book every year. So I'm telling anybody who goes to Kendall Calling, man, you've got a shitty, stinking angle, Get down on the Sunday towards the Lancashire Rock Pots and they'll have a massive party. That will soon sort your hangover out. So, yeah, so this Sunday morning, it's pissing down. It's like, right, hot pots, one o'clock, let's have it. And she's like, I'm not going to, but it's pissing it down. It's like, come on, it's only a little bit of rain. Just a little bit of rain. When we got there, fucking heavens opened. It absolutely battered down. I saw her out of the corner of my eye, mate. She was having a little boogie away. She's like, yeah, I'm just doing it just to keep warm. I'm like, yeah, piss off. You love it. <laughs> <laughs> She'll, like I say, she'll, she'll be nice. Yeah, he's a grubby seven. She loves it. Great stuff. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's about, yeah, I think I'm done with. So I, I, I do like, you know, like the old like, little, you know, like all day, like uh, we did like the indie all day at Hull, just after lockdown. 
which was a uh, fabulous. Like, oh, anybody there, but the bands there were, yeah, yeah they were just, yeah, they really brilliant. So, yeah, I think that'll probably be my living. I'll be like a like an all-dayer. As long as I don't drink a lot, I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get to collect your all-dayer very shortly. So, before we do that, I can kind of ask you, and again, no spoilers if possible, but do you have a favourite gig? Is there one gig that stands out for you, or is that just too oh, hard to pick? Yeah, see, but, but I would say this is another bit, right? I've got to write this down. These I'll, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I'll never remember these. Well, yeah, obviously, my first, uh, my first gig was at Madness. Uh, it was in uh, Manchester, I was about 12, 12, 13. Now, this is going back to back, the, the haircut, where my mate dared me to get the haircut. He said, yeah, we're, we're, do, we're going to this. this we've got to get it done. Well, this was the weekend where we got to see Madness. Uh, it's my mate's brother. I say he was about five years older than him. Uh, we badgered him for weeks. Just get us a ticket. He was like, no, your mum won't let you go. I said, look, so all kids have done this. I'll tell your mum. I'll tell my mum. I'll be staying at your house. You tell your mum you stayed at my house. And we'll get off it. We'll deal with the consequences like when we got back. So yes, we, we, we got tickets and went to Manchester. It was the best and most terrifying experience of my life. We're two 12, 13-year-old kids right on this sat in the middle of this bus with 40-year-old burly big bloody skinheads with they were a frightening bloody bunch when you saw them. You know, yeah. bottles of beer throwing everywhere. And you by the time when we were pissed, went through by the time we just we might as well just had a bath in beer before we came out. You know, there was there's drugs going through everywhere. But when we got when we got in the venue, it was I've never seen anything like it, and I'll probably never ever see anything like it again. It was just chaos, but it it, it was a beautiful chaos. I can't I I really haven't got the words to justice how it was. Because not like madness, there are a lot of people. They class them as a bit of a a bit of a jolt band. Yeah. You know, like the you got like your baggy trousers and you know your our house etc etc. But the the, the early back catalogue they they. Some of the tunes at the cloud that didn't make or they didn't decide it for whatever reason, you know, basically like album fillers. Yeah. Some of them, the, the album fillers, they're far better than the, the hits that they, that they put, up, put up, put up even. So, yeah, that, that, that was my uh, that was my first gig. Yeah, we, we got home about two o'clock in the morning, tried to sneak in the house. Mum caught me. Yeah, that, that was another month grounded. So I had about, I had about two months grounded on. But it, oh, it was well worth it. Well worth it. Yeah, it was, a, it was an amazing night. Sounds like a great gig and a great time to be alive as a twelve-year-old at a madness gig. So that is a bit. Yeah, and, and another one. I've got. I've got to throw another madness gig in there because this is this is another one when they they reformed. They split up for a little bit and they reformed back in '92. And one of the comeback concerts was in uh, Finsbury Park yeah. in London. There was like thirty odd thousand madness fans there, and it's the first concert. To be ever registered on the Richter scale, Richter scale, even Richter scale. Richter, that? <laughs> that sounds weird. That sounds like a medical exam. Yeah, the, the uh, Richter scale is it, it's something like four point nine. I don't even know that Finsbury Park. I, I it was the first time I'd ever been there. But all around, it's just this massive area. But all around, it's got like high rise flats, and there was people going. So generally, thought they were having earthquakes. There's pictures and shit falling off the wall and everything. Like thirty thousand Madness fans just bouncing around. So yeah, that was a bit of a claim to fame up. So yeah, it was that concert that made you know, made people a bit rather an earthquake. That's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Pretty cool indeed. So like I said, at the top of the podcast, our aim is to get Scott. He gets to play his fantasy festival. So Scott gets to choose any five acts, one of whom must play one of their studio albums in full. And Scott also gets to pick an encore, which all five acts will perform together at the end of his fantasy festival. So it's all very simple for any first-time listeners. Five acts take five time slots. So in the last episode 
of the Fantastical podcast, which probably isn't the right example to give because this one was a bit mad. I had the height on. They created their Padfest Fantasy Festival and I let all three of them have their own choices. So for their openers, they had Led Zeppelin, Level 42 and Tower of Power. Super seconds, they had the Spice Girls, Primus and the Martinez Brothers. Midway Madness, they went for Oasis Queen and Michael Jackson. Pre-headliners had Jimi Hendrix, Gary Newman and Charlotte DeWitt. And their headliners, they had the Smiths, The Heights, which is a very bold choice, and Michael Beebe. And for their encore, they had Nowhere, I Want It That Way and Freak Out. So some amazing choices there, like I said, at the top of the pod, a really enjoyable podcast. So that's how simple the fantastical podcast can be. But before we get to talk about any acts who are going to make it or not make it, Scott, we've got to give you a fantasy festival a name and we've got to give it uh, a venue. So, Scott, what are you going to call your fantasy festival? So, my this is it. This is probably like one of the, the hardest decisions. That won't work. I mean, my name's Chippy, so I'm going to have something chippy. But before I give you a name, I'm going to go for my venue first, because then my name will make a little bit more sense. Yeah. I mean, he's still shit, but it'll, it'll make a little bit more sense as to where we're going. All right, so you, so you know it by now. You can take us anywhere you want to in the world. You can keep us in Blackpool. I mean, there's a few places in Blackpool we could go to. We've never gone to Bloomfield Road, so maybe there. You could take us. doesn't have to be in the UK. Anywhere you like, Scott. The world is literally your oyster. So where are you going to take us? Yeah, I, I was tempted with the Theatre of Dreams, uh, Bloomfield Road. <laughs> but, uh, well, nightmares, anyway. Uh, but I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to... I once saw this this venue. I've seen a few bands play. But I, I got this film. It's called uh, Monty Python, Live at the Hollywood Bowl. And I saw that, and I'm just like, wow, this would be amazing. So, yeah, we're, we're going over to the Hollywood Bowl. Great stuff. All right, so we've got our venue, but we still need our name. So what... What are you going to call it? Because I think you said it attributes a bit to the venue. Yeah, it's, it's a very tenuous link to the, uh, uh, the Hollywood Bowl. So it's, it's going to be called a bowl of chips. <laughs> That's genius. I love what you've done there. So <laughs> we've got bowl of chips, fairly straightforward there at the Hollywood yeah. Bowl. As you know by now, we only take five acts with us. So I'm guessing that means a lot are going to miss out, Scott. Any that you want to give a mention to of acts you love but just aren't making it into your final five. Yeah, well, I'm sure this will come as a, 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 quite a surprise to people listening, but madness, I've made it. I was quite, quite. I, I was torn between two of my big Scar 2 torn acts and I'm like, well, yeah, I've, I've seen madness about 90 million times. Even though, like, the, yeah, so, that, yeah, they've missed out. Uh, another act I mentioned earlier, which absolutely love System of a Down, they, they just missed out. I'm going to put my tin up for the, on for this one because I don't give a shit what anybody says. But I almost put James Blunt in there. And for all you haters, piss off. He's ace. I love him. And he's funny as hell as well on Twitter. If you, if you, if you don't follow him on Twitter, follow him because he, he gets a lot of shit on there. Like, well, it, it just gives it all back. He doesn't care. He knows people don't like, don't like his. A lot of people don't like his music. And he doesn't give a shit. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a multimillionaire living, living life for Riley. Yeah. You're sitting in your boxes in your mum's house and slagging me up on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, who's laughing, mate? <laughs> so, yeah, they're uh, just like, oh, I, I could go on. There's so many that, that didn't make it. Elbow, they're no, I love Elbow. Again, they were very, very close. But, yeah, I, I, yeah I'm not going to waffle them too much. Because you be sat there writing for ages, mate. You'll have to get a whole pad out. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a big act not making it. Like you said, Madness, who seem to have been a pivotal act in your life, will have to wait another day to get into a fantasy festival list. As will James Blunt. And as well, elbow system of a down. All right, so two o'clock at the Hollywood Bowl, Scott. Time for your opening act to take the stage. So who's going to open Bowl of Chips? Okay, so the, the, the first act. So I was 
I was on an hour and I thought, I've always wanted this person in, but I thought, do I spot them in a little bit later? You know, so a little bit chilled. Or I thought, do I have a nice little chilled start? Just ease everybody in, you know, and get the beers in, and chill out, get the little favourite spots. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to start off nice and gentle. So I'm kicking off with uh, Prince Buster. It's going to be my my opening. opening yeah, I, I saw you laughing then. What are you laughing at? Just the way you said nice and chilled. And we're going in for Prince Buster. Obviously, there's a bit of a not yeah. to, there's a bit of a not to madness there with Prince Buster. I think. Oh yes, huge, yeah, massive, massive. You know, they, they say that there, there is no like, kind of like derivative or a particular person who started like the scar and two tone scene. But if you ask a lot of people, Prince Buster was the it was massive in the like Jamaican scar and uh, the rock steady scene. So there, a lot of people say if it wasn't for him, there would be no scar. Will be no no two tone. So yeah, for me, it's it, yeah, it, it'd have been makes a lot of his a lot of his songs that he made, uh, especially like Madness and the other band that I'm not going to mention yet. They they covered yeah. like quite quite a few of, of their tracks, and there was obviously like Madness. They brought a tune out called their uh, Prince Buster, which was a huge nod to. But it wasn't called Prince Buster; it was called the Prince. Yeah. But yeah, it was a huge nod. To Prince Buster, yeah, and there was quite quite a few tunes. Uh, One step beyond Prince Buster did first um, the song called Madness, which obviously Madness covered. Prince Buster did so, yeah, it was a huge huge influence on the Jamaica. And again, going back to like my friend's uh, record shop on the very early days, Prince Buster was one of the guys that my mate's dad like, played to us. And was like, didn't really, you know, like that. I could say a young kid, I wasn't wasn't that bothered. I wanted to just jump around to. Madness, etc., etc. But yeah, as the years have gone by, I've come to appreciate kind of like the, the, the origins of Scar and Tuton. Like I say with Prince Buster, uh, Jimmy Cliff. Jimmy Cliff is a massive. I mean, nobody's really listened to Jimmy Cliff. Yeah, it's Scar, and but it's it's more more a chilled, relaxed Scar. If, if, if you were. It's like it's like reggae Scar, and that's what some people call it. But yeah, so Prince Buster, nice and chilled. Get people in the mood just to, before they get the dancing shoes on in a bit. Good shout. So Prince Buster makes uh, a fantastic debut for Prince Buster, believe it or it's not. It. First uh, fantasy festival lineup for them. So they're going to play from two till three o'clock. We'll take half hour break. It'll be time for your super seconds act, Scott. So who are you going to have in your super seconds act? My super seconds act. So now we're going to turn it up a little bit now. We've had a nice little bit of a chilled start. We want to people to go nuts now. So for my second. We're having Gogol Bordello. All right, okay, Gogol Bordello. Again, I think that's the first yeah. time they've been chosen for a fantasy festival, Scott. So tell us more about your decision to put them in as your super seconds act. Um, th- these are a band that were played to me a few years ago. Uh, me and my brother and a few of our mates, we used to go camping uh, quite a lot. I say camping. One of the lads, he was a scout leader, so he'd, he'd be able to hire out all these scout huts all around the country. We used to go to Carmel Races quite a lot. They got a scout up right in the middle. So, yeah, so we do it. But we basically just drink all weekend. And we just wanted to have this drinking game. Like one of the, um, the aim was to try and play the most obscure music that people didn't know. So one of, one of the lads, they played uh, Start Wearing Purple. And I was like, obviously, I'd, I'd had a few beers by this time. I was like, it's, it, it kind of starts off. So, dun, 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 dun. and I was like, okay, what was this? And they just whacks you in the face. Hey, I would jump up around like a lunatic. I absolutely loved it. It's probably one of the few things that I remember from that weekend. That was a very blurry weekend, but I remember this band, Google Bordello. So, so yeah, like, when I got home, I checked them out and I'm like, 
these are actually really, really good. Again, there's something that surprised me. I didn't think I'd like them because they're very punky. But well, there's also like a bit of, I think they call it like Romany Romany gypsy music, gypsy, like with yeah. a bit of punk and a bit of. Oh, they, they got a bit of everything in them. I, yeah, I, I just, I go, yeah, I absolutely love it. And I, the, I wrote the the album now because I say because I, I bloody forget shit. I'm on the wrong piece of paper. So yeah, well, that's it. G- Gypsy Punks Underdog World Strike. Listen to that album if anybody's listening. They want a little bit. If they haven't listened to them yet, uh, check out that album. It's effing brilliant. I'm not gonna swear too much. If I throw an effing in there, it's all right. Yeah, that's but yeah, right. love, absolutely love them. Great shout. First time never picked as well. So we're two for two. So far, wow. you're opening two acts. So go, go, Badello. Going to play from half three to half four. Take another half hour break. Let me time for our midway madness act. So <coughs> two down, three to go, Scott. Who's going to be your midway madness act? Well, this was the, uh, this was either going to be madness or it's the specials. The specials are my third act. So how, I guess, and why are the specials pipping madness? And I guess what do the specials mean to you to be your midway madness act? Um, I, I, again, going back to, uh, I, 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 I enjoyed the music of specials. Obviously, there were a lot more. There, there was a bit of a deeper meaning. I, I felt when I first started listening to the specials. Not when I first listened, but a lot later on when I really got into. Again, like when I started, um, like you know, like Prince Buster looking into the story. So I started delving a little bit into the specials and uh, why why they started their music and what they were about. It, right? it, it really. I don't know, it really struck a chord with me. Because obviously when they when they formed, um, there was a movement, I think it was called something like Rock Against uh, Racism Racism, or or something. It was something like that. It it might have been called that. Um, Yeah, so there was this big uh, thing that was and they were touring up and down the country, they do like gigs and basically it's to get to try and educate the the, the youth. You know, it doesn't matter if you're black or if it's white, just love each other. And then so with that in mind uh, it was very in the forefront of Mr. Dharma's uh, mind when he, they made the specials, when they formed the specials, rather, that they wanted it to be a, a very inclusive band. And I'm not sure this is 100% true, but I'm led to believe that they're the first band in the country to have black and white members. And obviously, like, the two-tone record label was was made. It, that was made in, like, 79. And, yeah, it, it, it really stuck a chord with me, the whole... Yeah, I, 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 it was the whole. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to find the right words like, to, to do it justice. But it, it was the. It was just like the, the the whole movement. It it wasn't just a band that were playing music. They, it, they had a purpose. You know, they, they had a real message behind the music. They had a real message behind the movement. And I really wanted. I mean, it, I probably even then. I mean, I was telling everybody when I first started listening to properly to the special. I was telling everybody. You know, because it, it, it was that scene as well, like early eighties. Mid eighties, now the, the skinheads were they were frowned upon, you know. But in my circle of friends, of skinheads, they were just like the nicest people. Like stick them on the stage on a Saturday night when Madness or whatever were playing, man, they go fucking mental, you know. But outside of that, they were just like the nicest people, not a racist bone in the body. So yeah, it, it kind of like battered me a little bit. I was like, is this shit really real? Is this? Because I, I didn't really have a lot of uh, black friends going on. There was nobody, there was nobody on our state. Really. There was one kid who got bullied a bit. He was on the other side, so I didn't really speak to him that much. But uh, yeah, I, I couldn't get my head around the whole, the whole, um, the whole, the whole racism thing. It's still to this day, it, it's like I mean, my boy, we're twenty twenty three now. 
And it's like, fuck it. Are we, are we not over this shit yet? Yeah. There's enough crap going on in the world about worrying about what colour somebody's skin is. Listen to some music, have a beer, or a cup of coffee, whatever you want to do, just chill out. Let's just let's just get on. Enough crap going on. So yeah, that's all that's yeah, yeah the, the, the specials, yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge influence on my uh, my teenage years. Great shout there, Scott. The specials looking at my little sheet that I have in front of me. I don't think the specials have ever been picked for Fantasy Festival. They've been spoken about a lot on the pods. And obviously I had Matt McManaman on who played lead guitar for him for a while and Leslie Watson had mentioned him and put on a bit of a dance craze medley. But in terms of ever being selected as a standalone for a Fantasy Festival, I do believe the specials are making their Fantasy Festival debut. So Scott, you're free for free. Wow. So great choice there. So specials, Midway Madness from yeah, five yeah. till six. Uh, just, just say like the people that have gone before them never picked the specials before give you a red wobble <laughs> that, 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 that's all I'll say on that matter fair play I'm, I'm, I'm shocked at that yeah I'm, me I know too it, was it uh, you had somebody on the other week I can't remember who it was and they picked Madness didn't they yeah, yeah. And I think did you say Madness only picked been picked about two or three times Madness like, has hmm. been picked three times and stuff but Man, Madness and the specials do get spoken about quite a lot especially around like the missed acts feature and, ma- and yeah. it, all three times man has been picked they've been picked as an opening act never gone further than, than the first hour of a fantasy wow. festival so yeah they'll have to wait another day and the specials obviously take your midway madness slot so great choice yep. three acts down two left so your next act going to be your pre-headliners who are going to get an hour and a half play from half past six to eight o'clock so Scott who's going to be your pre-headline act no it's party time we're going to have a bob we're going to be on the beat right? and we're just, we're just going to go mental so um You've seen, uh, seen Rocky Four. Yes, many, so many Rocky times. So, yes, you know, uh, yeah. One of the, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm, 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 don't get me started on Rocky because we'll be here for another three hours because it's like, just like my favourite thing ever. So I'm, I'm going to introduce this guy, the, the way we introduced Apollo Creed. You know, like when, uh, right at the beginning, when Jargo was like, it's the master of destruction. They want to call him, the Count, Count of Monte Fisto. And, I, think, I guy, think he's the master of disaster. The, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the I know him all. The King of Sting. Yeah. That's the that's all. Yeah, it was for words. So anyway, so this guy, so this this guy's nicknames. So he put this above coming on like the microphone. Now he's giving it all this. So this is the uh, is the hardest working man in show business, uh, Mister Dynamite, Soul Brother Number One, and he is the Godfather of Soul. It's Mister James Brown. Great shout. Let's have a party. Let's have it. Great shout. Why James Brown for you, then, Scott? Why is he going to be a pre-headliner? Um, again, Soul. And in particular, like Northern Soul, I, again, that's always been a, another part of my music love. So I, I always wanted to incorporate a song, I, and I thought, I don't like Stevie Wonder's being picked, and I nearly did pick Stevie Wonder. But then, I, weirdly, I was watching Rocky Fouring for about the nine millionth time uh, the other week, and I was like, I saw James Brown coming in, you know, like me doing it, living in America, giving it all that, he's all a raspberry house. I'm like, Fuck yeah, I want some of that. That'd be good. That was <laughs> We're over at the Hollywood Bowl. Like, the Americans will love it. They'll all be going whooping and cheering away. Um, the Brit- Brits over there, they'll be throwing like the pots of beer everywhere. And they're like, yeah, let's go nuts. But yeah, I mean, it, I can't really say anything to describe James Brown because everybody knows who James Brown is. Everybody knows. You might not know all of his music. Mm. I mean, I mean, well, he's been going like over 50 years, hasn't yeah. he? I mean, it, it was going right up. I think it was 2006, I think he was, he died. And he was literally up to the day he died, right? He was still performing. But it's just, and I found out this really cool, I don't know if it's a fact, 
But I thought I'll have a little bit of a research, see if I can find like a funny little thing about James Brown. But the, the best thing that I found, it's on the Wikipedia. Like, so it gives you all like uh, something he's had like over seventy albums, uh, which is which is madness. Seventy albums, or over like one hundred and forty-four singles, I think it was. And then underneath it, it says children. Is it between nine and thirteen? Oh <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, that. How do you not know he's got between nine and thirteen? To be honest, he's probably double that. Oh, James right. Brown, I, I, I would imagine. But yeah, I, I, again, right, it, it, it's his, his music. People not, might not think, oh, James Brown, like, I don't really know much of his stuff, but it'll, it'll be one of those artists that they'll play songs and go, oh shit, yeah, I know this one, I remember this one. Uh, yeah, I just thought you'd think it'd be like, just a crazy party atmosphere. So yeah, James Brown locked in. Great shout. Great shout. Yeah. It's not James Brown's first uh, dalliance with the Fantasy Festival. Fifth time James Brown has been picked. So great choice. Only there. the fifth time. I'm, I'm surprised with that. Fifth time. And again, he's never been on before a Midway Madness lot. So he's been headliner <coughs> twice, pre headline act now twice, and a Midway Madness. Heavy North picked him as their pre headline act and the first time. Oh, yeah. Yes, they came yeah, on. Yeah. So great shout there. So James Brown plays from half six to eight. He'll get the crowd on their feet for sure. We'll take one more half hour break and then your headliners will play from <coughs> half past eight to 11 o'clock. Now, I've got no idea. Normally, I have an idea of where the headliners are going, but I've got no idea where you're taking us with this one. I can't work it out at all. I think you've okay. uh, you've got a good mix, an eclectic mix again of fantasy festivals and you've, there's no one you've spoken about who I'm thinking I can see this one coming. So, Scott, time for you to share who your headliners are going to be. So, who's going to headline Bowl of Chips? Uh, for a lot of people that are that listen to this, they'll, they'll know exactly who I'm, who I'm picking. But this is the band that I kind of almost spilt the beans on at the very beginning. It's a band that I first listened to in 86. I'm going to do a little bit of a little bit of a cheat. On this. It's, it's, some people will call it cheating. Personally, I don't call it cheating. You, I'll let you be the judge of it when I... So, it, it, so yeah, so my, my headliners is my own bad ball. And it's Paul, Norman, Stan and Hugh. And it's the House Martins. Great shout. All right. First time, again, I believe... What? What, what is up with you people that are doing these things? <laughs> what? Yeah. Get away. First time ever. First time ever right. the House Martins oh. are coming down for a fantasy. Damn. So, yeah, look, they're also going to be doing the uh, playing the, the, the album in full. London Nil, Hull 4. It's, it's still today my all-time favourite album. It's, it, it's just... Yeah, again, that... That was the band from when I first heard the album in '86. My mate bought the album. He's like, "Oh, I've got this this new band for you. Who are they?" I'm like, well, are they Scar? I'm like, "No, I'm not really asked about them." Anyway, he started playing Happy Hour, and I was like, "It was one of those. What's this I, again? Like, it's like the first time that I heard Madness yeah. and One Step Beyond. It was that. It was that moment again, and just like, wow. And yeah, since then, I mean, I've been massive, massive fan of everything Paul Heaton has done. Probably can say I'm a bit of a fanboy of his. But not a bit. I'm a huge fan boy. You asked the missus. You know, I, I, if, if I could, I'd leave her for him. Can we edit that bit out? Yeah, you can edit that bit out. <laughs> Actually, she probably should be She's probably heard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, they, they're going to be playing like London Nil Hull 4. So I, how long do you say this is? You've got two hours? You get, you can, yeah, you've got two and a half hours, but we can always play. Oh, like two and a half hours. So the, the other like little split bit, so the numbers are going to go off. Norman Cookie's going to crack on. He's got a gig doing his fat boy slim somewhere. So then he's going to leave Paul Heaton on stage and Jackie Abbott is going to come out and join him to do some beautiful soundtracks and obviously some of their their new stuff. That's allowed. So, yeah. That's fine. That's, that's allowed. allowed. Yeah, yeah, that's allowed. That's not a problem. Thank you, mate. 
That's all good. We'll have that then. So yeah, Paulie and Jackie, I bet the House Martins, my uh, numero unos. I, I, like I say, I've just been so... I didn't get to see the House Martins when they were first... Well, when they were, they were, they were only on for a, <coughs> excuse me, a couple of years. And obviously then Paul went off with uh, Dave Hemingway, formed the Beautiful South. As again, I follow them. We got to see them a couple of times live. Absolutely amazing. Um, and obviously Jackie Abbott was the last female singer to join the band when they split. Um, I think it was about 2010, 2011. I'm not sure how it, how it became, but Paul was doing a, I think it was a, it was a musical of some description. I can't remember what. But yeah, so he asked Jackie to come and like sing on this musical. And they, and they got chatting. I was like, well, I'd be fancy like doing some music together. And so, yeah, the, uh, the first album was born, uh, What Have We Become? Yeah, and they've been pretty successful since. Got to, again, got to see them a couple of times. Still, it, yeah, it, it's just magic. I, I, I can't, again, I, some, sometimes I do get lost for words, but yeah, I, I can't do those justice with, with my words. I, I really can't. It, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, I mean, I, you can see my face. I'm yeah. just sat here, and I'm like, I can't find the words of how fucking much I love <laughs> these, these guys again because you know like the, the music is quite especially like their early days the house one they were very open with like the political views in their uh, in, in, in the music and again that was something that, that, that resonated with me because they were like it was it was almost like um, my punk if you will because punk was very like political and very edgy and I've got these guys singing about you know against like the the, the, the royalty and you know like some of the subjects that they've, they've sung about again like they, they sang a song about uh, some woman being buried in the wall, and I, I first time heard it, I got my head a little bopping. I was like, "Yeah, especially for the woman." There's just some woman buried in the wall, and they're singing about it. And I'm like, "Yeah, it's fucking great." This, you know, so they, they, they're not again. They, they broach all sorts of subjects, but yeah, the, I, I, yeah, again, the whole the whole ethos behind him, and, and I just think he's just like the most genuine guy. I mean, he keeps his prices down as low as possible yeah. for all these gigs. You know, there's. There's been many, many times where he's put posts on Twitter and Facebook. Right, we got a gig, such and such a place. Right, X amount of pubs. Right, he's left some money behind the bar so people can go and have a drink on him before the gig. Who does that? I don't know any other artist that does that. Yeah. Just that, yeah. So yeah, House Martins, beautiful South. Okay, it's technically not beautiful South, but House Martins, Paulie and Jackie Abbott. You could put the beautiful South in there as well if you want to do a triple header. Not a problem. Like I'll say Jackie, Jackie and Paul, they'll do, they'll do the beautiful sound stuff anyway. Yeah. All right. Great shout. So House Martins and Paul Heat and Jackie Abbott, your headline act is going to give us two and a half hours. Then at 11 o'clock, they're going to bring back on stage James Brown, the specials, Gogo Badello and Prince Buster. And they all get to play one song together. So yep. I'm quite aware this is probably quite a hard decision uh, given the wealth of talent on your stage. But what song are you going to have them all play to close your fantasy festival, Scott? So, originally, I was going to have, um, I wanted quite something like uplifting, something like, you know, like the crowd could, would know and join in with. So, originally, I was going to have um, Elbow, One Day Like This. Originally, yeah. it's one of my favourite songs ever. I just find it's really, really, really uplifting. And I thought, oh, hang on a minute, you've got Prince Buster here, and you've got the specials, obviously, Prince Buster. Uh, and the specials they both had a tune and it's called Enjoy Yourself which was Prince Busters Prince Busters originally obviously like the specials have covered it so yeah so it's Enjoy Yourself is my encore please 
Yeah, is fired. So enjoy yourself. Is your encore? All four, five yep. acts of your fantasy lineup will perform that together as that brings your fantasy festival uh, to a close. So let's lock it in before uh, any minds get changed. So we have Bowl of Chips taking place at the Hollywood Bowl. Opening act, we've got Prince Buster. Super Seconds, we've got Go Go Badello. Midway Man has got the specials. Pre headline act, we've got James Brown. And your headliners, we've got House Martins, we're going to play London Nil Hole 4, and also a set by Paul Heaton and Jackie Abbott. Scott, sounds like a fantastic fantasy festival to me. You happy to talk that one into the Fantastical Vaults? More than happy. Perfect. <laughs> let's, so, get the play- let's get the flyers made. <laughs> let's do it. I'll be out next week, the flyers, obviously, as we always do on the podcast. So, I guess, Scott, before we bring this one to a close, what, what's the future hold for you? What gigs you got coming up? What, what kind of plans around the writing and, and bringing back the show? Um, what are your plans? Gigs wise at, at the moment are um, a bit difficult. I'll, I'll touch on a little bit. I'm going. I'll cut a very, very long story, very, very short. So I think we've been waffling on for about four days or something. Like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So at, at the, like April ish last year, I became quite ill. I had a um, excuse me. I had a mini stroke, and then about six months later, I was diagnosed like with not one but two times of epilepsy. So I've had to quit work. And so we've got literally gone from literally gigging like every other weekend, you know, and we've both been living fairly, fairly comfortably uh, to, I'm sorry, I'm not working now. And what the government give you is, is peanuts. But again, I'm not definitely not jumping on my soapbox about that. So yeah, so gigs are, are got to be a bit picky. I mean, we should be traveling all over the place. So now I can't particularly travel very far, obviously because of if I have a, have a fit somewhere because they're not quite still sure if they've got like, the right blend of yeah. blend of meds because we lost lost a lot of money on gigs we buy up all these gigs and like and you know i'd be ill i'd have a seizure or so yes yeah, so we've got to be a little bit picky and choosy and just while just while i'm I'm not mentioned any of that for you know like for any form of um, sympathy but you know if people want to give me sympathy please i'm, I'm all for sympathy and that adulation let's let's have it <laughs> but no like, again like you the music Twitter community, it's not just about the music. Yeah, Honestly, I mean, I, and I mean this wholeheartedly when I say they're some of the most genuine people I've ever I'm yet to meet anybody off there that I thought, oh, you're a bit of a dickhead. You're probably different for me. Probably people I met me up, oh, he's a bit of a knobhead. If, you, like if you don't think anyone else is the dickhead, then you're the dickhead, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly that bit, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, when I didn't want it to be publicly known and obviously there's a lot of people that do know about it uh now no and there were just people like messaging me constantly all the time asking how i was and people sending me gifts i had like bands that gigs we planned to go to say look next time we're in your area you know, we put you know come along with we'll you on the guest list you don't have to pay for your ticket i say other people some people i've, I've never even spoke to on twitter like messaging me saying look we know you're having a hard time at the moment and things are Time financially, have you got this album by such and such? And I was like, if I have no, I was like, right, but I, I want to get it, yeah. And, and I'll say no to a lot of them, but they'll go to somebody else, you know, who knows me, who's got my address. And then I'll have like these albums and shit wow. turn up in the post, and they're just the most amazing, amazing bunch. So, yeah, so gigs are a bit few and far between, but fingers crossed and touch wood, um, we've got the Kairos at Bootleg in the next month. Uh, yeah, but other than that, there's not much else planned. Oh, yeah, and I will just, just going back onto that. If if you're on, it doesn't matter if you're on Twitter or somebody in, in, in your life you've not heard of, you know, you've not spoken to before. If you take anything from this, 
for me waffling on for the last god knows how, how long. You know, if, if there is somebody in your life or there's somebody on Twitter you've not seen for a while or send them a message. I'm telling you now, it, it means, I can feel myself get, getting quite emotional about this. Bloody meant a lot yeah. to me. It means a lot when you think, you know, you're having a really, really shit time and somebody just messages you out of the blue, you know, saying, oh, how are you, mate? I hope you're doing all right. It, it, it means the world. So, yeah, be, be, be that person. Send your mate a text. You've not spoke to for a while, or you know, you know, yeah. Oh, nicely said, nicely said, Scott. Before we roll out on this one, I'm sure most people do follow you. But if anyone's on Twitter and doesn't follow you, you can be found on Twitter. You can be found at Chippy T, right? As in Chippy. Chippy T, yeah, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I, I don't, I don't really, I, I do have Insta, but I don't know how to bloody use it. So I, I just, I just, I just like, it's like when I first joined Twitter, I, I, I remember joining up and we're like. Fucking hell, do you use this? I left it for about eight, nine years. Lockdown arrived. I thought, oh, let's give Twitter a go. And then that's what became into the, uh, from the whole uh, new music Twitter mob. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm on Facebook, but I, again, I don't really use Facebook that often. I normally use fa- Facebook for people I don't like. He's joking. So yeah, make sure you go and give Scott a follow. He gives great music recommendations and a great Twitter account to interact with. So that is it, everyone. Thank you for listening to the 145th episode of the Fantastical Podcast. If you've enjoyed this one, please subscribe. Give the Fantastical Podcast a review. You can do that on iTunes. You can also rate the show on Spotify. You can also comment on the episode. And don't forget to recommend this to all your family and friends. As well as Scott is on Twitter, so is the podcast. Give us a follow at Fantastical P. You can also email the pod at fantasticalpodcast at outlook.com. Unfortunately, on this podcast, we don't play music, but I'll get some tracks from Scott. We'll make a nice little Spotify playlist. So if you scroll down on your episode description, you'll be able to find a nice little link to a playlist there, and you'll find some of the acts that we have spoken about on this one so Scott it's been an honour to host you on the podcast thank you for thank you, all mate. your it's been support a, been an absolute privilege to be on loved it oh mate it's been it's been a pleasure speaking to you maybe hopefully one day I'll get to meet you in person hopefully yeah maybe at the, at the old footy when we give your boys a spanking we'll come on we'll come and have a beer <laughs> come and drive come and drive your sorrows when we battered you yeah we'll go to, H- <laughs> we'll go to HV Blackpool as well and, and check out what's going on in, uh, in the world of HMV so that is it everyone like I said I'll be back next week with episode number 146 so please make sure to join me but until then stay safe my fantastical friends please continue to spread the word and that word is fantastical thanks for listening <laughs>